When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. And Courtney, we have an NFL schedule. And I've already noticed on your Twitter that you are a hater. I am not a Vikings fan, which I, you know, it's news to me. I thought I took this job um, trying to be a Vikings fan. No, by all, kidding. I don't understand. And trust me, I don't want to do this, to be real with you. I don't want to go and pick games in April and a game-by-game predictor, but this is our job. We have to do this. And, you know, I'd, I'd look pretty bad to my colleagues at ESPN if I was like, nah, I'm not going to do this. I'm good. I don't, <laughs> I don't pick games. I don't do I don't that. Pick games. I'm above that. No, but I mean, it's amazing to me. My biggest takeaway from the schedule release, not any one specific game, the stretch that they have, you know, in the first five weeks, et cetera, et cetera. It's how many Vikings fans seem to think the transition of a brand new offense, the brand new offensive coordinator and a brand new quarterback is going to be so seamless that this team is an automatic lock for 12 and four. Like they don't think there's going to be any hiccups along the way. And yes, I'm well aware that a lot of the concepts of Pat Shermer's scheme are going to be implemented and they're going to keep a lot of the terminology the same and that John DeFilippo is bringing his own flavor but pretty much in the grand scheme of things, keeping a lot that worked in place, it's still a new offense. Like, any way you split it, you have new personnel, you have a new mind in the leadership role, it's still a new offense. And people seem to think that translates to wins. I, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, an offense wasn't built in a day, and there is a lot of kinks that are, we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, there were, 10 and 6 I think is generous given the stretch of the schedule, all of the stuff with new personnel and, you know, wh- where the games line up. Okay, well, thanks for telling everyone exactly what your record was going to be oh, at sorry. the end I, of this. I Spoiler, 
but obvious we, that I was a hater to begin with. So if like you're a hater, that means oh well, you're definitely picking them to barely just make the playoffs. Well, that that's why I was saying it. I think it's sort of uh, ironic that you upset some people with that record. But we're gonna go game by game here, and I'd also like to add that we should do the Purple Podcast more this early in the morning because of your rage level. Like that's oh, pretty good. I wake up. And I'm just like on 10 and it's not the Red Bull that I'm currently having because actually like I'm still like half asleep, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. Well, let's kick it right off here then with U.S. Bank Stadium week one, San Francisco 49ers. Who do you have winning this football game, Courtney? I have the Vikings winning this game. But what about their offense? I thought you just said it wasn't adjusted. They don't know what they're doing. Stephon Diggs ran out of bounds and it was overthrown. (laughs) clueless no one even knows the offense at week one i'm just joking Gordon. it's very true this is not going to be like a it's not where i don't i doubt we're going to see a sam bradford type carving up the saints performance from cousins in week one uh very well could but this i mean this 49ers team is vastly improved um you know they won their last five they won their last five games with jimmy garoppolo in 2017 um and have, you know, a much different offense now with, you know, with Garoppolo, he's getting his first full season under his belt. He's got Jarek McKinnon um, and their defense, you know, with Richard Sherman back there in the secondary looks a lot different. Um, I think they're, you know, a draft or two away from really being, you know, able to vie with Los Angeles uh, in the NFC West. And I mean, but this year they could very easily make that competitive uh, make that division matter again but I still think that you know it's still early on and the Vikings are too good at home and then the, the, you know they enter the season with the league's number one defense for a reason yeah San Francisco could be making some adjustments themselves to figuring things out with a lot of new personnel and uh, I am excited to see Jimmy Garoppolo play the Vikings defense but anytime you're coming to U.S. Bank Stadium it's just their record over the last two years since opening this stadium it's very hard to pick against them Anytime they're at home. So I will also go a 1-0 start. So for week two at the Green Bay Packers, we get uh, a couple of good quarterbacks to see here early. And this game is going to be a, a huge one for both teams. Oh, yeah. Starting the division, you know, division playoff in week two. It's nice that that game where, you know, it still probably will be in the 30s because it's Green Bay <laughs> and it's an outdoor stadium. September, I think. So September. Yeah. Week it's going to be 30. It's going to be 30. That's I, I love I love throwing in a hilarious prediction for every single game. So if you could. That's my prediction. Your first prediction <laughs> is no one degrees. even knows where to run. And the second prediction is that it's going to be 30 degrees in September in Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Why not? Um, there won't be any, you know, th- this game is, we're still trying to figure out what this Packers team looks like. Um, the Packers have to win their early games. Um, Because they have a pretty favorable schedule in the first, you know, first half of the season. I think my colleague Rob Domofsky has them going 6-0 and in that, you know, to open up the season. I think that might be a stretch, but it's so critical. For, they had games, too, last year that they didn't win early on. And obviously then the Rodgers injury happens. So, you know, you've got to, if you're Green Bay, you have to win those early season games. And, you know, I think that that's a tough draw for Minnesota week two of the season. I mean, Kirk Cousins has historically, I think he's, you know, five and four or four and five against NFC North teams in his 10 years starting quarterback. So he's had some success, but, um, you know, that's going to be a tough one. So I have them losing that game. So currently standing at one and one. 
It does seem like if you're going to get to Aaron Rodgers that you've got to do it early in the season because once he gets comfortable, once he gets in a rhythm with the new pieces on his offense, I imagine that they'll uh, add through the draft as well that uh, he's going to be the same as Aaron Rodgers ever was. And I, I hope you saw that there was a report that teams around the league fear that Rodgers is going to be more motivated than ever. I'm not sure more how much more motivated he could ever be than to be one of the best quarterbacks, but that's not something that you particularly want to read if you're the Vikings. I have a, a loss here. Did you say whether you have a win or a loss? Yeah, I have a loss here. Oh, okay. All I mean, right. It's going to be great. I mean, you're, going to be, you're going to be seeing the highest-paid quarterback and the second-highest-paid quarterback go head-to-head that game. Yeah. Where is Rodgers right now? Are you thinking he gets an extension I by then? Oh, absolutely think he gets an extension by then. And, you know, he'll be in the $30 million a year on average. Cousins is at 28 right now. So I would not be – I really do think that they will get that done much sooner rather than later. All right. So week three, I think we are both on the same page here with a win at home against the Buffalo Bills. I don't know who the Bills quarterback is going to be, but Courtney, I certainly know that Mike Zimmer defenses against a rookie quarterback usually have a heck of a lot of success. So if the Bills draft a quarterback here coming up, uh, I would expect a win there. I don't think it's the strongest roster or if it's AJ McCarron, I also expect a win. I, I feel like this is a game that if they lost, we would be really stunned. I mean, for me, I'm looking at this game and all I'm trying to do is figure out now about, you know, five, six months, however many months removed, how I can work Destiny's Child lyrics in from Bills, Bills, Bills into my lead. That's oh, all I care yeah. about with this game. So we might as well move on. I have them in a win. And for me, I've already bought my table and my gasoline, so I'm ready to light that on fire and jump through it right before the game. Yeah, so we're that good to go. Great, and we can get Ketchup Guy or whatever whatever his name is, Ketchup and Mustard Man. Yeah, to, um, yeah. To douse himself in that because that just seems like you know great a great pregame tradition. It's all about preparation, really, and mental focus. I think those are the two keys. Uh, so that game we could just kind of cruise over, but the big one on the schedule is. This net, well, the next two are, I think, the biggest games on the schedule outside of the NFC North games. Los Angeles Rams, Thursday night football. So Mike Zimmer does not get a whole lot of time to prepare for Jared Goff, Sean McVay, and the Los Angeles Rams and their newly stacked up defense with Adamican Sue and Marcus Peters and Akib Talib. The Rams have moved themselves up this offseason from a team that's in contention to one of the favorites for the Super Bowl. And this one, I think, is going to be tough, Courtney. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, for me, this is the worst possible time to play this game. Coming off a short week, you don't have that much prep. I mean, we saw how tense Zimmer got last year ahead of the Detroit game on Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, even that game was a near loss uh, there in the final, you know, the final few minutes. But um, I think that this is going to be such a different Rams team than the one that, you know, scored what seven points on the Vikings last year. I mean, the Vikings defense is going to, this is probably the best defense they're going to see. They're going to see two really good defenses in back-to-back weeks, but I think that the Rams are so dynamic up front um, and, and clearly what the additions that they've made in secondary, that this could be a team challenging them for the title of best defense. And, you know, Jared Goff's now in year three. And that passing offense is so dynamic and so good. 
Um, that's going to be a really tough one. I think it's a tough draw right now on paper. And as we get into week four, I mean, you're already starting to look kind of like where last year, I mean, Dalvin Cook went down in week four. I mean, you kind of know what your team's identity is shaping up as. And, you know, they're probably going to be two and one, in my opinion, going into this game. So it's not like they're starting out 0 and three. They have a lot of motivation. Um, but it's a tough draw in a short week. I have them at a loss. I also have them at a loss uh, in part because Sean McVay got a look at a Mike Zimmer defense, uh, another look at a Mike Zimmer defense. He would have had one in, in Washington as well, but being able to play him on the road, this is going to be one of the biggest questions for, for both of these weeks against the Rams and the Eagles. One of the biggest questions for me about this team in general is how well Mike Zimmer adjusts his road defense. Because last year, even though they had good numbers, they weren't as good at home. And where they especially struggled was to pressure the quarterback. And the Rams have a very good offensive line. And as you know, a lot of playmakers with Todd Gurley, they had Brandon Cooks. And Goff is, a, even if he just plays like he did last year, He's put his name among, at, at very least, the good quarterbacks of the league. I don't know if he could argue that he's one of the better ones yet, but he's moved his way up there after last year. And how Zimmer finds ways to put pressure on Jared Goff, I thought they did it pretty well at times during that game against Los Angeles here last year and, and played really well on defense. Uh, but then on the road, they struggle to do that in multiple games. So are they going to be able to get some pressure on him or not? Um, I also have that as a loss in part because I just think um, being on the road and L.A.'s defense is so, so good that that could be tough for the Vikings. Um, the revenge game at Philadelphia, Courtney. Yeah, it's um, you know they've got a lot of time to prepare for this one. So I guess best case scenario, too. Um, coming off of a Thursday night game, they've got for one of their hardest opponents and the team that knocked them out of the Super Bowl, they've got a lot of time. Um, I think that, you know, John D. Filippo's history will certainly play into this game as well um, and get, you know, get them prepared. You know, scheme them up. He went against that defense every single day for the last two years. Um, and they have a great defensive line rotation, but. I think what we're going to see this time is not a monumental collapse um, at the quarterback position in this game um, for the Vikings. And the fact that, you know, the, the defense was non-existent the last, the pass rush was non-existent the last five games, particularly in this game. Um, they're going to definitely get some pressure on Carson Wentz, who we presume will be the quarterback at that time. Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, to me, I know there are a lot of people saying, okay, well, they, why, you know, why do you have them winning this game against a much better opponent than Green Bay? And Green Bay is, you know, harder for, you know, that's, that's a more important win for the division. I think this is, you know, the marquee matchup of the first half of the schedule. Um, and for me, I've got them walking away with a win here. I also have them going away with a win, in part because I think it's really, really hard to win the Super Bowl and then to get back. And we've seen that from a number of teams. I mean, we don't see teams having dynasties in football where they go to the Super Bowl year after year after year. I mean, the last time that happened, I, I mean, I guess would, would be the Patriots, 
but they have Tom Brady and Philadelphia does not have Tom Brady. Even though their roster is still good, it always seems like that's a tough thing to do because everything has to go your way to win the Super Bowl and it rarely does from year to year. And I do think that Mike Zimmer will make adjustments from what they did last year and not get out coached so badly again by Doug Peterson. And uh, the motivation factor will be very, very high for the Vikings at that point. So I say they come out with a win there and then come back home against Arizona. What do you think of that game? I, I'm just, you know, jacked to see Sam Bradford because he makes about $20 million, I believe, in like incentives, uh, you know, for starting every, every, for being active for every game or something ridiculous like that. So if you're putting that kind of money in front of him, I would not be surprised if, uh, you know, he's starting quarterback of this game. But, um, you know, the Cardinals have had so much turnover. Uh, obviously from last year to now and, you know, a new quarterback. And um, I think this one will be kind of cool too, just because this very well could be Larry Fitzgerald's last game in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. He does decide to hang it up ahead of next 2019 season. But um, I think they're going to be riding some momentum from the win in Philly and just how big that is because they've got, you know, they only have one stretch of back-to-back home games, which happens in a couple weeks from, um, I believe it's week eight and week nine. So they're going to take advantage of being at home, get some of these early wins, and I think that that happens against the Cardinals. I will also say a win here against the Cardinals, but let me add this on the side, that if you are one of those people who you know, looks at this schedule and says, huh, Sam Bradford won't be playing by then, he'll be injured, or, or if you get to that and he is playing and you make fun of his injuries, then you're a loser. I just think if you <laughs> – I honestly think if you make fun of a player for injuries, you are a loser. It's like that simple. And If you're the guy who goes on Twitter and says, ah, LOL, Sam Bradford. Like, look, man, there's nothing he can do about his knee being hurt. He played two full seasons in a row in 2015 and 2016 and was a very good NFL starting quarterback. And the guy has one of the best arms I've ever seen in my life. And he took a lot of hits in 2016 and showed a toughness that I'm not sure people knew that he had there. And so I understand the criticisms for him making a lot of money versus not winning a ton of games, but he didn't put himself on a abomination of a St. Louis Rams team. And he didn't uh, do it himself that Chip Kelly's offense was getting stale by the time he got to Philadelphia. He didn't make TJ Clemmings play left tackle and he certainly didn't make his own knee fall apart. So I just, you know, it's one of those things where you see it and it's completely lacking in any sort of creativity. It's just snark. And it's like, I think of that uh, South Park where the guy is just sitting at his computer and there's Cheetos all over him and he's just typing like, (laughs) okay, so Sam Bradford is, you know, that's you and Sam Bradford is trying really hard to continue his NFL career through these injuries. So it's just one of those things that sort of gets me with, with players, but uh, Arizona does have a chance to be uh, one of the teams that is the most variable, I think, or has the widest margin of ceiling and floor. Like if things do go wrong and Bradford doesn't play, uh, you're talking about a team that could go like four and 12 in a really yeah. tough division. But if he plays really well, we've seen that before. They can be quite competitive. I mean, are you going to, are you really gonna, though going to trust like Lamar Jackson as your starting quarterback, like to take a team that, 
you know, I think that there's, that's way too much. He's a project to begin with. And if they go with him and I think what they're like 15, 16, somewhere like that, mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't believe it. So I, I don't, I'm, ca- I'm not cautious with this game because I don't think you have to be. I just think that the Vikings are clearly the better team here and they're playing at home and, you know, coming off a big win. You should definitely expect a win, even if Sam Bradford is playing. They're just an, an interesting team to me because of the different ways they could go if they played defense really well, like they did at times last year. I mean, they went 8-8 eight and eight with Drew Stanton playing. Was Drew Stanton playing? Uh, Blaine Gabbert played. I mean, it, sure it, was, did. it was hideous. And somehow they came out with eight wins. Uh, on the road at the Jets, I feel like this is as much worth talking about as the Bills game, because even though the Jets will have an exciting young prospect in Baker Mayfield at that time, I'm guessing, uh, this is a game where the Vikings will expect to win. Yeah, and I mean, you know, who knows if Teddy Bridgewater will even be on the roster, to be just quite, you know, to be frank with you. I mean, who knows if that's going to happen? And it'll be emotional regardless, but I mean, this Jets team went 5-11 and last year for a reason. I don't think they're that much better. I mean, you have, you know, Sheldon Richardson, who was a part of that Jets team at one time. That defensive line is going to maul whomever is back there at quarterback. Um, You know, the Jets are, you know, taking a look at, like, what they've done in the offseason. I mean, you know, yeah, they they don't really have their quarterback position solved. Um, You know, maybe they will from, like, where they, you know, traded up to in the draft. But I think that, there's so many question marks still with this team that if they go above five and 11, it's probably a miracle. Um, and, and the Vikings are not going to have any trouble handling this team, man. Last year, the jets were in perfect position to just lose all their games. And yet Josh McCown came out at age 38 and had a wonderful season. So that's why he got another nice deal this past, you know, in the, in the off season. I mean, good for him. 10 million, right? Something like that. Yeah. It's good to be a McCown. A funny thing about Josh McCown. So, you know, uh, about the website relative athletic scores. Um, I do. So there's what this site does. It takes combine results and then puts them into where, uh, what numbers correlate with success at the position and then forms an athletic score. And it's just one to 10. And so I clicked on quarterback to just see where our friend Kirk Cousins landed. And, and it matters the least with quarterback, I would say. And uh, number one is Cam Newton, uh, like since this thing started in, I don't know, 2000. Number two is Josh McCown. Dang. I don't think people would have uh, known that. I heard on Joe Thomas's podcast, they were talking about what a freak athletically he is. And then a video came out of him dunking in the offseason, like just rising above fools and slamming it in their face. So like, don't ever underestimate a McCown is my lesson for today's podcast. <laughs> Home against New Orleans, Courtney. Because I'll just I, keep I, going about McCown if you let me. So let's I, we'll just I move on. I was afraid you were going to talk about the other thing that's out there on the internet. is <laughs> Josh McCown. It's not appropriate talk for this podcast, but um, I'll let you all ponder in your head um, what video I'm talking about. I don't anyway. know of this video. What is this video? Now you have to tell us. Don't you, I don't even know if I can, like, muster. I'm such a child. I don't even know if I can muster up the word. Don't you remember when he was in Cleveland and he, like, had that whole thing about porn? No. I don't like remember talking. this at all. Okay. Well, go look for it. He just talked about, like, how it, like, ruins lives. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, okay. Too, yeah. I did I did see something about this that. Conversation. <laughs> this is where my mind goes when it's, like, Josh McCown said porn ruins lives? 
he equated it to like being on an airplane and like waking up in a city that you don't know where you're at and like being like what the hell and then everything else i don't know i never said he was smart i just said he was a freak (laughs) athlete anyways the new orleans i mean first i'm gonna ask you about the saints game over under number of times that the minneapolis miracle play is shown in highlight shows leading into the game one million the answer is one million it will just be nonstop. in fact although i would say that new orleans is probably happy that this is in the middle of the season and not the beginning of the season because if it was the beginning of the season it would be all just minneapolis miracle over and over and over and over and over again so by week eight there will be other storylines going but it's going to be shown time and time again. You know that Drew Brees is going to have a sit-down, because this is Sunday Night Football, so he's going to have a sit-down with somebody with, does Costa still work Sunday Night Football, or with Collinsworth, they're going to be like, the Minneapolis miracle, man. Like, what are you feeling in that moment? And Brees is going to be like, it just hurt, man. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I have them. I, I This, you know, the Saints are, I think it's kind of developing into a fun rivalry between these two, and you know, Drew Brees has not been successful the last two times in this building. He should have been in reality. Uh, besides, you know, miracle play. Either one miracle play from not from not having the outcome of that game happen. Um, and, and Drew Brees probably should have been playing for a Super Bowl last year. I thought I thought if the Saints won that game in January, that they were going to be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. But anyways, I mean. They did. They had some good moves in free agency. I like the strength of this team. I like that Breeze is back. Um, I think that I. I, I don't think they're going to have three straight losses against the Vikings. My colleague Mike Triplett sees it differently, but I. You know, I. I think it's a pretty conservative pick to pick them to, to pick the Vikings to lose here. They don't lose at home a lot, but this Saints team is just as good as it was last year. Um, and I. And I think both of their. You know, their lines are really good. They've got. You know, they made some smart moves in free agency and to where they're at now, I think that secondary is probably better than it was last year. Yeah, I think that New Orleans is uh, an improved team, though I'm still picking the Vikings to win here. And it's just the U.S. Bank Stadium factor for me is always really big. And Sunday night football, it seems in in prime time that this team has been very, very good. I I don't have a number on that under Mike Zimmer, but at least recently at home, that's a very tough environment and they have done pretty well against Breeze at times, (laughs) except for in the (laughs) uh, third and fourth quarter of that Minneapolis miracle game. Uh, But that, that this is one of the games of the year in terms of how the two teams match up, because I think that they're on the same level when you look at who are the the top teams in the NFC and you go position by position, New Orleans is better on defense than they used to be. And of course they have the hall of fame quarterback. The receivers are very good, especially Michael Thomas. So uh, that, that it just makes for a great matchup and, and a lot of good drama for it to be on Sunday night football. That's going to be, I think one of the highest watched Sunday night oh. football games of the year. No question. I mean, it's it's in prime time for a reason, and there's going to be so much hype going into that game. If so, they didn't want to talk about the Minneapolis miracle after it happened, going into that Philly week, they're certainly not going to want to talk about it going into week eight. So I have the Vikings off to a great start in the first half with only two losses, which may be a little ambitious considering who they're playing. Uh, but I have them losing home against Detroit. And I know I've pumped up the U.S. Bank Stadium factor, but the one guy who seems to not be shook at all 
by U.S. Bank Stadium is Matthew Stafford. So I'm going to say they come off that big win against New Orleans, and then there is a letdown, and let's say there's a kickoff snafu that... You know, something weird always has to happen against the Lions. Two years ago with Blair Walsh missing uh, field goals and then Delvin Cook getting hurt and fumbling. Mm-hmm. So this time it'll be uh, the kicker misses the kickoff and they uh, a fullback returns it for a touchdown or something to win. It's always got to be something weird with Detroit. Despite the fact that they've beaten, like in throughout their history, they've beaten Detroit more than any other opponent in, like that they've played in franchise history. This team since Mike Zimmer got here has given them nothing but problems. And I just, I, I, I have them winning here, but I mean, to me, they split Detroit is always a team that you're guaranteed to split with every single year. And, you know, they nearly lost that game at uh, on the road last year. So as you know, not giving away my prediction quite yet uh, for that week. What is it? Week fifth, week 16 game uh, in, in uh, beautiful Detroit, Michigan, but I have them winning here. I think that, you know, they're going to be coming off, um, you know, coming off that loss at home and they want to, you know, that's, you know, they want to go into their bye at six and three. That's what I would have them at. And uh, I think that they get it done against Detroit at home because I'm just not really sure what Matt Patricia's defense is going to look like, Um, you know, how that translates to what Detroit already had in place and what they picked up in free agency and how different it's going to look. Uh, yeah, that is a major factor. Detroit was seventh in the league last year in scoring and still didn't get it done because of their defense being so bad. And uh, I think if Matt Patricia does even a decent job there, that Detroit should be competitive. Another team that I think should be competitive is uh, the Chicago Bears. If Mitch Trubisky takes another step, the rest of that roster is pretty good, and they did some loading up in free agency. I have them losing at Soldier Field in Week 11. Okay. Okay. I have them winning because they're coming off a bye. Um, Soldier Field's been a tough place for them to play historically, but, you know, I think the tides are turning after the game we saw last year. This Bears team's better. Don't get me wrong. I think with Mike Nate. Mike Nagy's offense and, you know, Mitchell Trubisky another year, I think that they're going to be more competitive, but I don't think they're on the level of, of Minnesota in either game. So I have them here with, a, with Minnesota here with, an, with a critical road win starting off this stretch of, or, you know, in the middle of the stretch of Detroit, Chicago, and then Green Bay. I am weighing heavily Soldier Field and the ghosts that exist there. The Vikings got away with the win last year at Soldier Field, but uh, Sam Bradford's knee fell apart in that game. And it's just, that's another nice. place that has been just a house of horrors for the Vikings with Mike Zimmer. And if Chicago is better, I'm going to go, I'm going to go lost there. The next week, we can uh, go through these games, especially ones where teams we've talked about a little bit before, a little faster. With uh, Green Bay at home, Sunday night football, week 12. Again, love it, man. The the schedule of uh, night games for this team, Rams, Saints, Packers, and then Seattle in, in week 14. I mean, it's just fantastic for fans. I'm going to go with a win at home against Green Bay on Sunday night. I also have them winning on Sunday night football, another primetime game. I mean, they've got, you know, two of those within four weeks of each other. That's huge. And uh, Rogers returns to the scene of the crime from last year, where his season was, uh, was ended abruptly by a hit from Anthony Barr. And, you know, I think that the Vikings will walk away with a win here and be eight and three. It would be great to do the tape outline like baseball players do. If somebody like hits a wall where they put the tape outline, just put that <laughs> of Rogers. 
Um, I have them losing the next two games at New England and at Seattle. Do you agree with that? I, I do too. And there are a lot of people who are like, oh, the Legion of Boom's done. Like, you know, Seattle be it's a it's a much worse team now. Still a very hard place to play. Still a lot of history with these two teams. Still the fact that Minnesota's lost their last four against Seattle. Yeah, they have a preseason game against Seattle. I don't care. That has nothing to do with the fact that yeah, they face them twice in the season. And I think the Seattle team's t- going to be a lot better than people give them credit for. And it's on the road. And that's another, it's a Monday night football game. Both their West Coast games are being played at night, which, you know, maybe that'll not bode well to Minnesota's advantage. Um, that's, a, that's a loss for me. Both of those are losses. It's very hard to face Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Russell Wilson yes. in three straight games. Let's not games. forget that Russell Wilson is still playing quarterback for, for Seattle. And, and that was my thinking, too. Him and the, the playing on the road, going to Seattle, I think all that's tough. And then for the end of the season... Um, I feel like we are uh, we're gonna agree here that I have three wins to end the season. Do you have any losses to Miami ha- at Detroit? I have them. I have them losing at Detroit. Oh, this at Detroit. Best, okay. Th- this is the best off- offensively. This is the best that Detroit's looked in a while. Um, and they're gonna need to. You know, they're gonna be fighting to stay in playoff contention at this point. So for me, Minnesota barely squeaked out that win last year, and because I've had the theory that they always split against Detroit, mm-hmm. um, that one for me is a loss. Yeah, I have them splitting against everyone in the NFC North. You have them running over Chicago. Miami is barely worth talking about, especially yeah. when they let all their good players go and Detroit and Chicago are going to be two of the most fascinating teams. So before we wrap up of this schedule analysis, we both have 10 and six for this team. Uh, Overall thoughts on how wide that could go. I mean, how much better could they be than 10 and six? How much worse potentially? I think 10 and six is fair. Look at this schedule from top to bottom. It's a really hard draw, a toughest schedule. I mean, everybody has a tough schedule in the NFL, but the fact of like where some of their road games lie, you know, you're going back to back from Los Angeles to the, to Philadelphia. And then again, from new England to Seattle, literally by coastal in a week. I mean, I, I think that the worst they could go, let's say eight and eight. I don't, I don't see eight losses on this roster on this schedule, but, you know, there could be one that sneaks in, but, you know, you've got to factor in injuries and maybe, you know, a team plays them a lot, a team like Arizona, for whatever reason, plays them a lot closer at home than you might expect. I think the ceiling for them, in my opinion, is 12 and four. I think that's like the best you can possibly do uh, because it's a tough schedule. Like, let's not take away from the team that they're playing. Um, so I think 12 and four is like really, really aggressive, like and very confident. And then, the bottom line is eight and eight for me. I, yeah, I would be really stunned if they went much worse than 10 and six. If they went nine and seven, I, I would believe it, but I think that would be disappointing. Eight and eight would be about the lowest you could see them. Uh, you know, it's always unless the quarterback gets hurt. Um, and the, the top end might only be 11 and five, 12 and four because of how difficult the schedule is. I mean, th- this run of quarterbacks, if you start in week eight, go Breeze, Stafford, Trubisky, we'll see, and then Rodgers, Brady, uh, Brady and, and Wilson, I mean, you are just talking about a murderer's row of quarterbacks there that it's going to be hard, even if you play really well and you're a great team, to come out with wins in all of those games. So 10-6, yep. and six, I think, is a really fair assessment. I do not think you're a hater. And we can Thank you. Just, we could just leave it at that. But if you want to tweet Courtney and call her a hater, please do. 
Yes, I, I definitely love toxicity in my mentions, and I love calling people out for it if it takes are so bad. That that's that's the thing. <laughs> Have it known, though, if you do, you are going to get dunked on pretty hard, and that's something that I enjoy, so please do. And also keep sending us your, um, your, your draft simulations. I've been grading people's drafts and had a great time with that. So thank you, Courtney, for uh, popping on here early in the morning. Uh, with your Red Bull and getting going, and uh, we will talk again soon. I've got another draft sim that we need to talk about soon. Oh, I, I'm jacked. I cannot wait for next week, and the draft sims that we're going to do pretty much every single day leading into next Thursday, I cannot wait. All right. Thank you, Courtney, and thank you all for listening to the Purple Podcast. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Colaguard is right for you, or visit Colaguard.com. I'm in.